You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The Houndsman XP podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsman of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsman. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this made-in-America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say made in America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms, fueled by Joy. is the Houndsman XP Podcast. Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in there. The original podcast for the complete Houndsman. The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Shoot up there! Yeah! 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 Good boy! Good boy, Ranger! 
uniting houndsmen across the globe from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. Yeah, so how many, day, how many days a week do you spend on As much as I can, to be honest with you. Anytime that I get, I'm, I'm out there. Join us for every heart-pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll tell you like I tell everyone else, I'm going to hunt whether you're here or not, so you might as well be here. Man, we had an awesome weekend in Cody, Wyoming at the American Bear Foundation second annual bear banquet. It was a great time. I've got Joe Condellis on here. We're going to recap all of the fun that you missed out on if you weren't there. Mark it on your calendars for next year. You need to go to Cody. It's a great town. We're going to cover all that in the podcast, so I'm not going to repeat it here in this pre-roll. I wanted to drop a little comment here and let you guys know something about Patreon, okay? If you haven't joined us on Patreon, we've talked about it. You can see Seth's uh, videos about it. We've talked about it a lot on Facebook and on Instagram, our social media platforms. But here's the thing. If you're not checking your email, we're finding that a lot of people are missing our content over there because Patreon goes to a lot of spam folders. So if you want to get the full benefit of being a Patreon member, catch our tailgate talks, our videos, all the stuff we're pumping out over there, make sure you check your spam folder. And uh, you've probably got a message in there about a missing address too. We can't fulfill your benefits. We can't get you that Sportsman's Alliance membership without all of your information. And Seth has dropped you an email. So if you're supporting us on Patreon and you say, why don't he write? Check your spam folder. I guarantee it's probably right there. So check that out. Hey, short pre-roll. Let's get into it with Joe Condellis from the American Bear Foundation. The dog box is rocking. Let's get the tailgate down. It's time to dump the box. Joe. What's up, buddy? <laughs> Not much. How you doing? Good, man. You hear me okay? I hear you great. I hear Good. You great. Yeah, you Back got... home, safe and sound. Yeah. Made it all home after that awesome weekend. Did you guys get any warm? You guys had a warm-up, didn't you? Just today, finally. Shoot, I think it was 38 today. Yeah. So a lot of that snow melted and... I mean, it was pretty dang cold there for a few days right when you guys left, and then it got warm, which is pretty typical for out here. You know, it's we'll get some Chinook kind of stuff come in and melt it all off and back to normal. It was warmer there today than it was here. No kidding. Yeah, I guess we're getting the fallout, but I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we didn't have so. we didn't have 15 degrees below zero on Sunday here. I can tell you that. <laughs> Thank goodness. Oh my gosh. You guys at Christmas time, it was 41 below here. It was, um, it was 15 below here at my house. And then, yeah. So, so everyone in the country is pretty cold relative to where they live. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, Casey Stutzman, that the, one of the houndsmen that came with me, yep. it was, it was, I think he said it was 56 below at his house in Marion, Montana. 
good gracious. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it reaches a point where, like, 15 to 20 below and another 10, you just don't – it's just freezing-ass cold any way you look at it. Yeah. I said, what in the world do you even do, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Well, man, that was a great weekend we had up there in Cody. That was was quite the event. Man, it turned out so good. It was uh, it was a lot of fun, so well attended, and for me, like last year, I saw a, a glimpse of it with our crowd. Um, had a very diverse kind of uh, I don't know if you want to call it an eccentric crowd, but a very diverse crowd with a lot of younger people and uh-huh. then a lot of different groups because you know when you try and do a banquet, it just doesn't seem like you're going to fit three. There wasn't three hundred bear hunters in there, but there's there was a lot of people that, you know, support what conservation is all about and hunting and stuff. So you, we got a lot of different people, which I like seeing. And I like seeing the younger kind of people come to the table yeah. a little bit with this conservation. That's so important. You even got the dirty houndsman in the door this year. We had a, we had a table full. I loved it, man. I, <laughs> I know you guys and about, there was about five other pretty hardcore houndsmen in there. And I loved having that. I, it's such a good opportunity for, you know, kind of the houndsmen to get together and, and then, you know, meet each other from other areas. Houndsmen are like bear hunters sometimes. I think they're in their little groups sometimes and don't, you know, kind of. Well, houndsmen are bear hunters, Joe. Yeah, I guess I would say like uh, <laughs> some of those hardcore lion guys keep to themselves pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah. Uh, we definitely are, uh, fly under the radar most of the time it kind of hurts us at times because nobody knows really what we do or or what we stand yep. for and and doesn't that's understand why, it that's why we do what we do here at houndsman xp but luke worthington came all the way over from i mean he's east of gillette and drove yeah he came a long way weather yep which he's, i was stoked because i hadn't met luke yet and i've talked to luke a hundred times on the phone um you know we talk a lot about things and, and I was so glad to see him come over and meet him man and and a few other people I had never met but have had like a working relationship with for several years Luke says he works hard on that ranch but I talked to a lot of people that say they talk to Luke a lot on the phone and anybody that's ever talked to Luke Worthington on the phone it's never a short conversation so I don't know Amen. how he's getting I don't know how he's getting work done but uh, I tell Luke, you what, you better set aside <laughs> some time for that one. <laughs> uh, and we're going to pick on Luke because he's not here to defend himself, of course, and he would me anyway. So, uh, yes. Yeah. So um, let's just run down the banquet a little bit and kind of, I want to tell everybody what they missed by not coming to this thing. Cause it was, it was a great day. It was a great night. It was. I want to talk about, you know, how much money we raised for, for conservation, where that money's going to go. Uh, I want to talk about the, the diverse crowd that we had there. I, I want to cover it all. I want people to think, think after they listen to this podcast, I want them to think I've got to go to Cody next year. And then I'm going to talk to talk about stuff that we did on the side. That was awesome. Heck yeah. So, all right. How many, how many we have at the banquet, Joe? Uh, right around 300 folks at the banquet. We had, uh, you know, we had intended to sell 300 tickets and we, uh, we went 
sold 268. And then we had some comp seats uh, that we set aside for, for a few folks. And then, you know, we kind of tried to keep a few aside just in case. And then, you know, with the weather, I think we might've ended up, I know we fed 268 people. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, who was, that's who was about far- all we could fit. Who, yeah, it was, it was, it wasn't crowded. The facility was great, but if you double that, it's going to be packed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who was the farthest away? I think, well, you know, you and Sean and Alex were the farthest. So them guys, Sean and Alex came from Virginia. Um, they, They got me beat by a couple States. Yeah. And then you, and so, Man, I told people there was guys coming from Virginia and they couldn't believe it. And I was like, you know, that just kind of shows, you know, it is, it's a, it's a big stretch to come that far. Um, you know, Sean having the, and, and, and kind of overseeing the state chapter, I think he thought it was really important. I think the impetus for Sean coming out was Alex. Alex had bought a ticket well before, you know, we were sold out. He bought a ticket back in like December. So he was coming regardless. And I yeah. think he uh, he really talked Sean into it, which I was so happy. Um, such Alex, a neat guy, neat story, and then to finally get to meet Sean was was incredible. Yeah, Sean Clarkson uh, and Alex. I'm gonna butcher his last name, Kurashev. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. He, everybody knows Alex. He's hunting those. I told we had breakfast with him the next day, and we were talking about about. Uh, his dogs and he said everybody calls them fuzzy dogs the little yellow fuzzy dogs you know that they're <laughs> west siberian like us totally different he's he's really changing uh he's he's bear hunting that's a very non-traditional way in virginia and i think he's opening some eyes with with everything that he's doing there because he's showing people that you can do it a different way and still be wildly successful yeah it's so interesting Thing. I, I really, I enjoyed talking with Alex and I'm so, I'm doing that with him at some point and, and I'm trying to talk him into coming out here and see if we can put some of those Leicas behind, uh, behind a cat and see what happens. Uh, I, I'm going to make a point to go to Virginia and, and trail them dogs with him. I, I got to see that. That is so fascinating. And I, like you said, I think he's kind of changing some people's perceptions of, of how you can run bears with dogs. Yeah. Yeah, because Appalachia is, you know, that's definitely, you know, Virginia is a lot of walker, walker hound people over there. It, I'm surprised it's not the state dog. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, all those, you know, fa- founding fathers brought those running walkers in. And and so those Virginians love those spotted dogs, man. They love them. Yeah. And and you bring Alex in there, who's got the, <laughs> the, the yellow fuzzy dogs. And he speaks with that <laughs> Russian accent. Yeah. And he's not easy to hide either. He's a no. He's a big dude. <laughs> yeah. What do you think he is? Six six, six five? He's gotta be six six. I mean, he looks down on me. I'm six, maybe on a good day. And and yeah, he's yeah, a big Yeah, I think fella. you're trying to sneak in an answer to there, Joe. I might be. I might be. <laughs> it's radio, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Prove it. Prove it. See, I, I made the mistake of getting my picture taken standing beside him and i look like i'm about five five standing there next to him he's i know and um but no he's a super guy he's he's got a lot of uh he really surprises he doesn't surprise you i guess um i was impressed is a better way 
to to put that. He's very insightful. Um, he he's a deep thinker when it comes to you know techniques for hunting bear and and conservation and just a lot of different. He's an interesting guy to talk to. He's just he's he's really cool. Very much so. I thought the same thing. I, I uh, was not sure what to expect and, and super knowledgeable. I, I didn't get to talk to him enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there were a bunch of people there that we didn't get to talk to enough. But I know. Uh, so, how many? Um, I don't even know what it was such a good time. I don't even know where to begin with it. <laughs> I mean, it was, um, I mean, we, we had the, the, Wyoming Wildlife Federation on hand that that was helping put on that banquet. They worked their tails off, and and just if you don't mind, uh, just kind of talk to us about you know the the partnership with Wyoming Wildlife Foundation and and the great help that they provided. Yeah, um, those guys are you know without them, our, our group probably would struggle to pull something like that off. Just in in we get it done, but you know, a couple of years ago, Jaden Bales with uh, Wyoming Wildlife Federation was bugging me about doing a banquet, and I said we just won't do a banquet. You know, I, I think banquets are outdone. You know, and I'd been to so many, and and we go to them, right? It's part yeah. of what conservation is doing. We go and support, and you know, so I just got kind of bored with them, and so I was pretty anti-banquet for a while, and it was also hard for me to envision where to have one because you know we're a national organization i'm like where do you have one and then who's gonna put it on me living in cody and then our board kind of spread out i'm like we need kind of someone to do it and and be where they're at and so finally he just talked me into like let's do one together and i'll help you and i was like okay we'll do one where should we do it and we were bouncing back and forth between cody and lander he's like i think cody man we need to do it there and you know the amount of sportsmen and uh uh you know, people that are into outdoor recreation here, it just kind of fit. And so, you know, last year we kind of threw this together and didn't, didn't really know what to expect. We were hoping for 200 people. Um, we well smoked that last year and just had such a great turnout. And, and our idea of a banquet was to keep it fun and loose. Um, I didn't want a big stuffy thing where people feel like they got to dress up and it's quiet. And I was like, I want people in there having fun, drinking, talking, you know, playing games. I wanted it to be kind of more blue collar where, you know, mm -hmm. just about anyone can play a game, get in on a raffle. We didn't want to do a very long live auction because those can just drag on. And I was like, let's put a few fun things in there. And then like, because sometimes people just can't play. They just can't afford that stuff. You know, yeah. we're like, they're spending 50 bucks to get in the door. Let's, you know, try and make an event for them that they want to come back to. And last year, that was one thing that everyone said. They're like, my gosh, you guys did such a good job. It was like, it wasn't super long and drawn out. Everyone had a good time. Like we, we had everyone out of there last year by like nine o'clock and they're like, awesome job. We had so much fun. We're coming back. And so then this year we were like, we got to do it a little bit better as far as the food and spend a little bit more money on food and stuff and try hey, to get what, before we get too far off base. Why am I eating chicken at the Cody cattle company? That's, I mean, I couldn't even figure that one out. I'm like, I'm, Oh yes. Cody. You know, you drive around <laughs> Wyoming, it's like Wyoming is beef and all this stuff. And then I get to the Cody Cattle Company and it was chicken. I was like, I know, dude, I, price, I, I struggled with pound, that it's so got, bad. Price per pound, it's got to be more expensive right now than beef. <laughs> you know, right now it probably is when we set the <laughs> meals up. Last year we did, uh, 
we did pulled pork sandwiches and tater tots. And I had people that are like, great, that's perfect. But yeah. we were trying to keep the ticket cost down because I yeah. was like, yeah, we can do prime rib and everyone will pay a little bit more. But this year we were like, let's go a little bit higher. But like all the beef stuff for when they quoted us prices, I was like, oh my gosh, like we wanted yeah, to kind of try and keep it cheap. So I'm just busting your chops. The food was out. It's okay. I believe me. Everyone said it was really good though. I didn't yeah. eat, but. but yeah, it was. It it was really good. I mean, it's not it's not grandma's fried chicken from back home. Don't get me wrong. I'm not no, I'm not no. gonna throw my it's grandma under the bus here, Joe. <laughs> but for bank for a banquet, you know, it was well worth it. We weren't there. I mean, yeah, you like to have good food and stuff, but but um the food was was great and um it was it was great. Yeah, good time. Yeah. This year we we tried to cap it at three hundred. I I talked when I talked to the the venue guy, uh, Greg uh, uh, Greg Penley. I said, Greg, what can we fit in here? And he's like, Well, you bought what you had last year. I was like, We need more. He's like, So I went out there and visited with them a couple times, and we looked at layouts and stuff. And he's like, You could seat like three hundred and twelve or twenty or something. And I was like. But then you don't really have room for everything else. So we, we ended up capping it right about, we were going to try and do 275 tickets for, for food. And, and it ended up perfect. You know, the weather really probably affected our turnout. I mean, not as bad as I expected. It was still so packed, but I definitely know we lost some people because um, of the weather and travel. You know, we lost our, yeah. as you know, our, 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 our uh, keynote speaker. We had a couple people that were presenting prior to that couldn't make it, which was really kind of a bummer, but we made it work. You know, we just kind of improvised and kind of the idea of, I, I think kind of it, it really kind of, to me says a lot about, you know, what, what kind of that group is. We're just kind of a laid back carefree group. That's like, Oh, they're not going to be here. Let's just throw it on zoom and we'll get through it. And no one really seemed to be too upset or nothing. So, you know, we made it work. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, we had a great meal. We had a good auction. Who was our auctioneer? Who was that? Randy Burtis. So he's a, he's a houndsman, uh, lives in Cheyenne, Wyoming. He volunteered for us last year. And he kind of, you know, he does a lot of that on the side for a lot of conservation groups. He's he's involved with a lot of groups, uh, yeah. big with bow hunters of Wyoming. And just I've known Randy a long time. Great guy. He's the type of guy that if I called him today and needed help, he'd be here, you know, and, and, he just, he really does a good job, helps us organize it because we're kind of running around. He's like, give me what I need. I'll figure it out. And so it really takes a ton of pressure off us. And then Lee Livingston, who's an outfitter in, in Cody country, he helped Randy out. He does a lot of that stuff too, mm -hmm. where he's kind of, you know, up on stage, they're going back and forth. And so last year we didn't have that. And this year it, it just added, added to it so much. Yeah. Great team had spotters on the floor. They did it. I mean, they kept that auction running and, uh, you know, Randy, he just, he's quick on his feet. Those yeah. auctioneers are a special breed. I'm telling you. I don't know how they do it. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I asked him if he wanted to drink about halfway through. He's like, Oh, not till I'm done. I'm like, hell, bud, I'm about four deep. You need to catch up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, uh, look, we won't run down the breakdown yet. Let's talk about what all was on the floor there. Um, and how did you run the rest of the, uh, the fundraising there, Joe? 
Yeah. So the, the big thing with these banquets, but my biggest fear is always getting stuff right. These, these companies that you have to go to get hit up so much. And so, you know, I always struggle. I try not to go to the same well too many times, but you know, I think after last year and then, you know, sending out thank yous and everything to everyone, I think it was an easier ask this year. And so, you know, we did uh, several games and we had a general raffle and then we had the silent auction and then the live and, you know, the games last year did really well and we kept them the same. So we had a Texas Hold'em game for uh, for a stag arms uh, gun. Yeah. Then we had uh we had a guess the pack weight game for a stone glacier pack. And then we had uh, the big one last year. And the big one this year was the mug raffle where we have a, we had a company uh, in Thermopolis, Wyoming laser's edge do a uh, do mugs for us. So they laser engraved American bear foundation and Wyoming wildlife federation on the mug. And we sell the mug, mug. sell the mug for 50 bucks. And when they're gone, they're gone. They only get 50 of them. And then that was on a, a Bergara 300 win. Um, and so we put that with like a, a modern day sniper shooting course and a Spartan bipod um, and, and, uh, and a rifle scope. So it was a whole package. And man, I could not believe I was up front by the stage when the doors opened and obviously the beer line was long, but I could not believe how quick those mugs were gone. I, I, I didn't even get one. <laughs> I didn't either. I didn't either. I, I, I turned like, around oh, and they were gone. So fast. And then the general raffle was just so full of people buying general raffle. I'm like, oh my goodness. And then the pack weight, you know, that one you can do as much as you want, but the Texas Hold'em sold out fast. I was like, we're out of games before we even sat down for dinner, you know? And so it was just so cool to see that kind of like reception to what we did. And, you know, all those games, all those items were donated. So, you know, they, they were all, you know, that's all just to the good, to the good, you know, we didn't have to pay any of them, them, them items back. So it worked out fantastic. Yeah. Run down through, I, I want to build this up so that if, if, you know, somebody's out there and they're listening to this and they might be in the industry, they're going to want their products at your banquet. So let's just run down the list of some of the, the companies that were involved in that to give people, not only that, but to give people an idea Again, what they missed out on by not being there. Yeah, so I will run down kind of a list here. Um, it was it was big and um, it was so diverse. From like I don't want I don't want you to risk leaving leaving somebody out and, and slighting somebody, but but I would like to give people an yeah, idea. Yeah, and I think I can get I can get most of them. You know, there was there was some late that I might not get, but you know, we had Alpaca Raft Company there. They, they donated a, a, a backpacking raft, which is big, you know, in the, in kind of out West with backpack hunting and, and people want that they're a little five pound inflatable raft. We had a, a local company of Zerka Wealth Management. We had a company out of Canada, Bear Beans Coffee Roasters. They donated a bunch of coffee. I saw that. Oh, I got, yeah. I got that. I won that. It's good stuff. I buy it for all the guys at work. That's what we drink at work. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Bear Country Outdoors, uh, they're out of Washington, Oregon kind of area. They donated a huge box of swag. Um, Black Rifle, who we've recently just did a corporate sponsorship with, um, they were a huge part of our success for this banquet. So Black Rifle Coffee. Um, Best Western did some rooms for us. Uh, Boar Masters, Wildlife Attractants, uh, you know, they, they're big in the bear hunting attractant space. Um, our outfitter that donated part of that hunt, 
The bear mm-hmm. hunt was Latitudes Outfitting out of Montana. Um, yeah. Cabela's, big sponsor of ours. They donated a ton of optics for us. A um, couple taxidermists, Cedar Mountain Taxidermy was here and donated $500 towards towards taxidermy work, which was huge. Um, Copper Line Wealth Management did one of our youth conservation uh, lifetime uh, licenses. Um, yeah. We had Camp Campco last year, Campco Federal Credit Union last year. They were huge and they came in big this year again and helped us underwrite that stag rifle. Um, we had a local guy build a king size log bed for us. Dale Sims did a great job on that. That was a good looking um, bed. That was a good looking bed frame. Eastman's Hunting Journals donated us those those limited edition whiskeys from yeah. Wyoming Whiskey. I mean, they donated those. Those things went crazy. I think the highest one sold for. 16 1600 17 1700 was the last one yeah i couldn't believe it you know yeah we paired that up with a gun a couple guns we got for a good price at rocky mountain uh, discount sports here in cody and i mean it was just a great turnout for those four whiskey bottles went for over five thousand dollars yeah and Um, only four people got a chance on those two two firearms Yep. It was, yep. it was pretty neat. And it was, uh, that was a Gen good way 5. to do that. Yeah, we did a Glock. Uh, we got a brand new gen five, uh, uh, Glock 10 on there. And then we had a, uh, a Glock nine on there as well. We were going to do a his and hers and give both away to one winner. And then we thought that day, why don't we split it up? So two people at least will win out of the four. So you had a 50, oh, yeah. 50 chance of winning a gun, you know, pretty good deal. Yeah, it was. Uh, some companies out of Bozeman that really stepped up FHF gear, uh, some donated us a bunch of stuff. Stone Glacier has been one of our sponsors for the longest time. They sent us boxes of stuff to do. We had sleeping bags, packs. Those guys always come through. Um, how about joy dog food? Uh, Jeff Brown (laughs) donated a whole pallet of dog food to us. You know, he just called me up one day. I was like, I'm coming to your banquet. Do you want a pallet of dog food? I was like, Hell yeah, man. We're going to have a bunch of houndsmen there. That'll be perfect. So right. we had uh, one of our sponsors. A, yeah. those Jeff was so nice and, and helped everyone load dog food up that night in the freezing ass cold and wind. And so it was just, <laughs> it was cool. We had a company out of South Africa come to our banquet and donate a safari, Infinito uh, safaris. Um, so we ended up selling that hunt to a friend of mine and, uh, Kifaru, who's now in Wyoming, donated some stuff. Uh, Lathrop and Sons Boots. Uh, I think you got the boots, buddy. So, yes, I uh, did. Stephen and James at <clears throat> Lathrop and Sons have always been so good to us, and I have a good relationship with them. and 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 it's just been it's been a nice thing for them. You know, small company, but never hesitate to help us out. So definitely appreciate that. Uh, starting to work on a partnership with Leopold, so they donated a bunch of stuff to us. Um, a big one that a lot of people might not know, it's starting to get big out here, is Modern Day Sniper. Um, Philip uh, was out here with Modern Day Sniper, actually lives in Cody, and they donated a full online, uh, in-person uh, shooting uh, class and then several uh, online courses. And I tell you what, they're like the cream of the crop. Um, he's a Marine Sniper, uh, retired, and... He'll take you through the paces on how to how to shoot, man. It's legit, and so that actually went for more than the value of the thing, I believe. Yeah, um, it was a, that was a neat was package, really cool. and he was he he had his crew there too, so he, he came did. out and supported he had a whole the banquet. Crew of mo- 
which was so nice. I, I just so love when the people that sponsor want to come out and be there too. And and it's just so nice to be able to thank them in person and show them like, Hey, this is what we're doing with your stuff. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Onyx hunt maps did a bunch of memberships for us. Uh, Razco out of, out of Bozeman did a holster for us. We had uh, a local accountant firm, Stein bus did a gun for us. We had the stag arms hooked us up with that rifle um, another local company that really stepped up huge. And that's what's so neat to see too, is some of the local companies like superior welding and fabrication bought two youth lifetime conservation stamps, $200 Kuyu gift cards for those kids. And it was a big deal. And, and I yeah. had people come up to me after and were like, every kid we're going to make sure next year gets one. So we got a lot of people wanting to do that. It's a neat thing. Wyoming does where you can give a kiddo, Heck, that one kid was maybe one. Gave him a lifetime conservation stamp, so they'll get some use out of that. Yeah. Uh, our tagline, our head, our late, our head sponsor was Tanager Beverages, a local beer distributor here. I happened to work for them, and uh, they came up <laughs> big with cash. <laughs> Went to the well there again, but you bet. Uh, had a couple fishing trips donated, uh, a river, a river fishing trip, rafting trip here in Cody that went huge last year. It was a big competition between a couple people to buy it. And this year it turned out the same way. And, and then, uh, my aunt and uncle donated a lake fishing trip. They, they have a guide service, Wyoming real action fishing, where he runs a, a lake boat and he, he fishes all these lakes around here, take you for lake trout, kokanee, whatever. And so he donated a fishing trip and, you know, those are some of the big ones just, uh, incredible for for this little town and you know relatively small organization we're not rmef or, or mule deer or wild sheep so to see what we can get at these is is pretty neat to me do you want to do you want to talk about the total that you brought in the whole yes yeah so we grossed we grossed about forty three thousand in in one night in a few hours in cody wyoming so Amazing Huge. on a on a nasty. I mean, it was it was oh. minus ten degrees when we left there. the The metal doors on the inside were frosting up. So every road into Cody was closing. Um, that's what I was just like. I saw people that went. They had no business being on the road, and they were at our banquet. I was like, "Oh my gosh, why are you here? You drove from Helena or someone." Yeah. Jeff from Joy Dog Food drove all the way up from down in Cheyenne, and I was like, "I didn't even know the roads were open." He's like, "We made her." So I yeah. mean, like to Leon, do that. Leon here, Brown drove uh, down from Coeur d'Alene, oh, Idaho. Leon's car looked like it had just went through a drift when he pulled up. Yeah, he. I mean, and and he won that dog food, so he stuffed. 12 bags he, he, he stuffed 12 bags of that joy dog food in that jetta and uh and hauled it back to Coeur d'Alene. <laughs> he did i was like we were out at the bar later and i was like did you get that all in there he's like oh yeah i go well at least you'll have some weight for the ride home i didn't know there was an after party i didn't get invited to that we had well, our heck, own we, we had our did own you guys party. do something we, we stayed around there for so long, kind of cleaning up. And there was a few people just hanging out drinking, you know, and, yeah. uh, everyone was like, well, let's go to the dollar. I was like, I'm in. We, so we headed down to the silver dollar and Cody and had a little after party. <laughs> uh, it's I great, got stuck man. with those Virginia guys. I, I think we might've stayed out longer if my wife wasn't there. <laughs> I don't know, but most Alex isn't really a Virginia guy. So, I mean, I mean, he's from Virginia, but. He's also Russian, and they've got a they've got that that reputation of being able to to 
you know, put it away. So yeah, it's probably a good thing your wife was there. Yeah, she was our driver. So when she kind of was like, time to go, I was like, great idea. But that was the latest I've stayed out in ages, one thirty or so. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it still hurts today a little bit. I'm still tired. <laughs> All right. So All right. you you hauled in 43K. Great yeah. Night, like, great night, well, Cody. We netted each organizational net. Um, we did well. You know, we have after the food and the venue rental and stuff, we'll each group. So we split it with Wyoming Wildlife Federation right. and um, we're, we'll be in that 15,000 range each, uh, which is, I mean, that's like, that's our biggest fundraiser of the year. Right. And no doubt. Um, so it, it's just, it really helps us do things down the road. And, and it's also, it's so important that we do these, I think going forward, just because of what it shows that, you know, we're here, what we're doing, because we get a chance to showcase kind of what each group's doing. We get to talk to people that maybe you don't get to talk to every day. So, so, all right. We know why we, we know why people should come out to Cody. You know, it's an awesome place. Uh, we, we spent just a few hours at the banquet, but just the uh, Buffalo bill or the, the great Western, what's that called? The great Western <laughs> Well, Museum. I call the Buffalo Bill Cody Museum, Museum of the West. It is, yeah. it's unbelievable. We spent two days in there. Uh, total, we probably spent about six to eight hours in that museum over two days, and we didn't get to really take it all in. But but besides that, Cody's a cool place. I mean, there's they're up in just the, the small old Main Street, you can go into all kinds of historic places, the Irma and, um, you know, it's just, and then if you drive West towards oh. the park, you drive into some of the most beautiful country you could ever imagine. It really so. is stunning living here. It's, it's such a neat place to come and visit, you know, in January is tough, but like normally we don't have that kind of weather and it, it'll be cold, but you know, there's so much to do even here in the winter and like just the main street and actually the winter, is probably my favorite time here just because it's, it's not overwhelmingly full with tourists from the yeah. park. So it's kind of yeah. like you get real Cody in the winter, you get the local people, you know, it, it, it's just a, I love living here. It's such a neat place to come visit. It's a little tricky to get into, but uh, once you get here, it's uh, people love it and they want to stay. Yeah. A hundred thousand people is what it grows to over 4th of July in the month of July. Right. And you can normally yeah, run about, run about 10,000 people. Yeah, it's insane. Well, I mean, it is just, I mean, we're not quite as bad as Jackson Hole, but in the summertime, July, around the 4th of July, when we have our big stampede event for four days, it's insane here. So, and there's, it's 50 miles from Yellowstone, and we have a direct access to the East Gate. So, it's just constant. And that's another reason to come out in January and go ahead and attend yeah. the banquet because you can avoid the crowds and see Cody without. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> It's awesome. Yeah. Um, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about what that money that was raised, what everybody came out and, and emptied their pockets and supported the ABF. Let's talk a little bit about what that money is going to be used for Joe. I think that's yeah, an important part. I think it's so important. One, one thing that we've always been really proud of is being all volunteer, you know? And so when we have a banquet like this, it's not used, the money's not used to 
to pay for anyone to, to do that. You know, we're all volunteering. So the money we raise is all going back onto the ground. Primarily, you know, some of the pro projects that we have, like we will write the check pretty much for what we brought in for the banquet. That'll go out in the next month and a half. And right now we're doing a, we're doing a partnership with Safari Club International in Wyoming, where we have a ton of grizzly bear conflict. We're doing a huge bear spray giveaway um, in the spring and the fall. Um, we're going to do three bear spray giveaways this spring that are going to be kind of right before shed hunting season starts. When we start seeing some of our conflict pop up, you got a, you got a hunting license or a fishing license. You come, we'll give you a can of bear spray. Um, you know, so we're partnering with SCI on that one. So there's a big chunk there. And then our big one that we're still in the middle of is our black bear research in Wyoming. Um, a big chunk will go to our, our, the, the grad student, Emily, uh, Davis, who's doing a lot of that work for us down at the University of Wyoming and uh, the Wyoming Game and Fish. We'll we'll give them a bunch of that money to go and continue her her research and stuff. And we're we're kind of getting onto the downhill side of that, where we're going to start seeing some big results. I mean, you saw some of it, um, but there's a lot more to come, and so we're going to continue that study. And then, gosh, we have so many commitments already that we've made to projects not only in montana and wyoming but idaho and washington a big stuff coming up in virginia and so all that stuff's going on the ground for bears bear hunting bear research you know it's just it's crucial and and we can spend that and and do that now or you know two three years ago we were not able to do that and you know wyoming wildlife being a little more overarching wyoming wildlife federation is going to spend a ton on like all their work with ungulates and carnivores, but they, yeah. they yeah. really, they do a lot. I mean, they are, they're a great group. They're so active in this state. Um, I'm so happy to be partnered with those guys on a lot of different things. Um, they, they got a lot of irons in the fire. Yeah. I'm going to have a, a follow-up joy, joy Bannon couldn't make it. She's the executive executive director for the Wyoming wildlife yep. federation. So yep. uh, she couldn't make it because they've got a big event going on in the Capitol, uh, Cheyenne there. And, and um, so she's going to join me at a later date and talk about that event and, and what they're going to do with their funds that they raise. So, yeah. Yeah, they, so, they have an awesome event today. Camel at the Capitol is a big yeah. deal. They put that on for our legislative session. It's important. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So we'll get a we'll get a recap on that pretty soon. Um you know, some of the things I, th I want to drill down a little deeper into, into, you know, what what that research looks like, what's happening in Montana and Idaho and Washington and California. Um, you know, where are we at on, on the, are we ready to roll out the news about expanding the state chapters or, or where are we at on yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. So California state chapter is, is in place. Um, we are just, I, I, like two days ago, got the, the federal or the state tax paperwork done and submitted. So we're there. They have, have a board. They're, they're ready to kind of like take off. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that is so crucial as everyone's following stuff going on in California with, with carnivores and especially bears. Washington is in the process of electing a board right now. So right. paperwork is in and submitted for both those states. Once they have the board going, they'll be ready to rock and roll. We've been doing a lot as a national uh, organization in Washington, kind of supporting 
what needs to get done there until this chapter kind of ramps up. Like we're going to be involved with the, some stuff going on with a bunch of other organizations involving the commission and the governor. And a lot of things need to get done out there. And, and we're right in the mix with that. But the chapter eventually when it's strong enough, will kind of fill in and, and take that role as a state level organization rather than national. And then, you know, Virginia's role and man, those guys are doing some good things out there and we're looking to get more chapters on board. I've got some people interested in a chapter in the Northeast um, possibly like a New York, New Jersey chapter, mm-hmm. which I think it'd be so badass. Um, and I think, you know, we'll worry about Montana, Idaho and Wyoming as the time comes, but I'm looking at States where we have some real things to accomplish or we have, uh, what are you hoping? What are you hoping that? Presence. Yeah. So what are you hoping that, that, uh, since, since Virginia's up and running, you know, you say they're doing good things there. What is the, what are they doing? And and what why should bear hunters in the state of Virginia support the Virginia chapter of the American Bear Foundation? The Houndsman XP Podcast Network is powered by Cajun Lights. All of your lighting needs for hunting can be taken care of at Cajun Lights. They have three models of cap lights. I'm gonna run through them real quick. You've got the Rogueroo, which is their high-end light. If you're a competition hunter and you gotta find that coon up in a tree and it's all riding on finding that coon, you'll want the Roguru on your head. Next is the Bayou. That's a pretty standard light, but it's got packed with features. It's got multiple colors, it's got walking lights, it's got the red, the green, the amber, it's all built in right into that light. And then you have one of my personal favorites, the Micro Gator. The Micro Gator is an ultra lightweight cap light. It's got all the features of a white light, red, green, and amber. I've used this light for everything from finding bear tracks early in the morning to coon hunting at night to working on plumbing in the house, changing tires on the side of the road. My truck doesn't leave the driveway without a Cajun light in it. And that light is the Micro Gator. Every Cajun light is durable, made from the highest quality components, and it is backed by Cajun's top-rated customer service. Check out Cajun Lights. You can go to our website at houndsmanxp.com. Go to our sponsors page. Hit that link. It'll take you right to Cajun Lights. Check them out. They got a lot of stuff to offer over at Cajun Lights. I think what's the most important thing they're doing is they're for all bear hunters, um, and that's been missing there a little bit. Um, they're, They're just trying to represent all bear hunters, whether you use hounds or you don't. Um, they're out there for all bear hunters and they're very active with the state. They're working with the Department of Wildlife Resources a ton. You know, there's phone calls, there's emails, there's back and forth. We didn't get asked to be on the management uh, committee, whatever, to develop right. their 10-year bear plan. Um, and they know how uh, frustrated we were about that. We've moved on past that. And, and, and you know, Sean is working with Carl and all the guys in the department to get the information so we can look at the plan and work on that. And so they're working on all that. And then on the same token, they're doing things like pilot studies. Like we paid a houndsman some money to go around and see if, you know, hounds using dogs could work as a, a like a hound abatement, you know, using right. dogs to, to keep bears out of, out of corn and, and whatever else. And so they're doing things like that. They're, we've already committed $10,000 to black bear work in that state. 
you know, we verbally committed. So, you know, we're just coming to the table. Like we're here now. Yeah, we're new, but we're going to be here. And this is what we're bringing. And this is what we're going to do. And I think at first they're like, oh, another group started up, whatever, you know, and then uh, now they know, you know, I think sometimes when they, when you start annoying them, that's when you're doing your job. And, and we might be there. Um, I think we're doing a <laughs> kick-ass job down there. Like we have a presence, we have a voice down there and, and, there are just some smart folks on that board and they're all diverse. They're from uh, all different walks of life. There's some houndsmen, there's some people that don't own hounds and they're just, they do a good job of communicating with each other and finding out things that need to be done. Little things, you know, it, it doesn't have to be conquering the world. It's like, you know, a couple hundred bucks to a houndsman to, to see if we can go do some hounds abatement stuff. And now we're going to be looking at conflict mitigation stuff down there um, and spending some money on that. So, you know, that's all things chapters can be doing that, yeah if it's me here or, or our national board, it's so hard to realize all the little tiny things that could get done in each state to, to help improve. That's where these chapters are going to be so crucial. It's a, it's a grassroots effort. You got somebody on the ground locally that can keep their eye on legislation, not only legislation, but, uh, you know, kind of a barometer for the, the, what's going on, a watchdog group to make sure that, that things are going, uh, according to plan and nobody's, uh, you know, good old boy system type stuff there and, and the resources suffering or that, that all bear hunters aren't represented properly. And that's, that's one of the things that, that, that I guess I'll kind of get on my soapbox about a little bit about, um, you know, the ABF when I was out there, you know, Wyoming's not a hound, hound hunting state for, for black bear, but, nope. um, we've just got to continue to find ways to bridge those gaps and tear down those barriers that are separating us and pigeonholing us and, and things like that. And that's, that, that's what I talked about in my presentation out there was, was the fact that, you know, when you walk in that room, I, none of us were wearing labels that said houndsman, you know, uh, stand, stand hunter, spot and stalk, Nobody was wearing those. We were all just there for that common thread of being a bear hunter. And, and it was, it was an awesome deal. Yeah. That's the most important thing going forward. I, I think, uh, is breaking down these barriers that we all have with each other and, and, you know, not to, not to say I don't have them, but I've learned over we all the years do. that like we do, you know, but some are so much stronger than others. And we, as, as, hunters and whether you're a hunter a trapper or whatever like it's time to be done with i'm a trapper or i'm a houndsman or i'm anti-hound hunting yeah. i'm a bait hunter it is you're a hunter you're a trapper we're all the same and you you talk so much about that which was so important and that's what i wanted to really make this banquet about was getting so many different user groups together people from all different walks of life that enjoy something in the outdoors maybe yeah. different than me and, and just being in the same room and having a chance to talk to someone from like, like I said, like having a chance to sit down with Alex or Sean from Virginia or you, you've been all over this country hunting and you've seen so many different things. And like, what a resource for someone that is only hunted in Wyoming. And we take things for granted living here because yeah. we have a very red state. Things kind of always go the way of the hunter here. It's not always going to be that way. So it is important for us and people that live in states like Wyoming to talk to other people and understand what's really going on in this country, because it's, it's a kind of a scary thing. 
Well, we, we, we get, we only, you know, we only look in our backyard or we only look at our own yards and, and, uh, we don't, we don't consider what's going on someplace else. Uh, so I, I, I kind of want to get back to the, to the state chapter thing. What do you, California is ready to roll. There's a lot of bear hunters and a lot of houndsmen that used to be bear hunters in California. So I really want to, uh, talk about what the ABF is going to be doing in California and, and maybe convince some of the, yeah, we lost our ability to, to run bears with hounds in in California, but why should yeah. a hounds, houndsmen still come out and support the ABF and Cal, that California chapter? Well, one thing I want people to know too, because we get a lot, I think because maybe we started out West and some of the States out West, you can't run bears, but we are such a pro hound hunting group. Like if it makes sense on the ground to do it, we're all for it. And where we see States where it's been taken away, we're like, it wasn't taken away because of science or management. It was taken right. away because of emotion. Right. Yes. So that's not great. And so what we see in California and uh, you know, some other States where, where the use of hounds has been taken away for bear hunting, you can't hunt lions there. I right. don't even think you can hunt bobcats anymore. So it's, no, bobcats it's gotten to taken the, off the table. Yeah. So we're just losing all this stuff. So right now, priority number one for the chapter in California is going to be to build a defense and start getting stronger as far as like, okay, what's coming at us now. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta have some strategic plans in place to defend that and then grow growing opportunities and growing opportunities includes how do we get hound hunting back? How do we get a chase season back? How do we get, you know, some different hunter opportunity in the mix? Because they got a lot of bears out there and a yeah. lot of land, you know, they got a lot of land. And, um, we, we have, we are, we are so interested in growing opportunity, whether that be through the use of hounds or a two bear tag deal in California, maybe because, you know, they don't have a spring season. So all their bear hunting's in the fall and they're not hitting their target of not even close. So no. Yeah. So it's like, how do we do this? Well, you know, that's, that's the thing. And what the, the wildlife professionals in California, they've got, they've got them, the studies and the management goals and, and, um, different things. So they've got objectives, they've got harvest objectives and, when they don't hit those, they're still killing bears. You know, they're doing it through wildlife services or state government, you know, hired mitigation, conflict mitigation type stuff. So anybody from California that might've happened across this podcast, just because hunting bears, if you think you're protecting bears by voting against hunting, you're not, you're not, no protecting them. You yeah. are just forcing the government to step in to do the work that hunters would be doing because we're such a valuable part of it. But do you really think, do you really think that there's a possibility that hound hunting bears in California could be restored, Joe? What's your honest uh, opinion? Uh, honestly, at this point in my life and in this point in, in the, our country and in that state, nope. Uh, I, I, it's going to be tough. Um, I, I, I just don't know. I, 
I listen to a commission meeting. Uh, I'm, I usually get on to any California commission meeting where, where hunting bears especially is involved. And I've never quite seen a display like that in my entire life. And I've been on a lot of commission meetings. I, I mean, people were screaming and hollering yeah. on the phone, swearing. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is a, a disaster. First off, mm-hmm. there's, they need a new management plan there. And that's one thing that could dictate a lot of what happens, but they have not updated their management plan in a long time. That's part of the process here. And this commission meeting, they wouldn't let anyone talk about hunting. If you spoke about hunting, they cut you off. And, and I tried to get online to talk and I couldn't, but you know, this management plan will be very important, but the States keeps backpedaling on the management plan and they're trying to figure out the scope of it. And, you know, I, I personally reached out to the people that are going to be involved with this management plan and brought, I said, we'll bring money. We'll bring the knowledge of how to do a management, like a, a study, mm-hmm. because they're like, we need to find bear numbers. I was like, we're doing a study right now in Wyoming. That's, that's state of the art cutting edge. Like other States are copying it. I was like, we have it built in and we'll bring money and people and I guarantee a lot of these anti-hunting groups are not doing that. But I was like, let's get a good count. That's great. Let's figure it out. You know, and then I think from there, maybe we can look at like our hounds going to need to be in the mix, which I think they are there. But I just don't know, man. It With ballot measures and all that crap, it's just so hard to see. That's what I mean. Can you imagine being a. Uh, a biologist right out of college having all this fire in your belly and you're going to change the world and you're going to save and you come out and and you start doing this real wildlife work and you're trying to work within the 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 you know according to the north american model you know you, you've had all this stuff and you're like man i'm gonna get out here i'm gonna start doing this work and you put together a management plan and then you got 14 lawsuits to yeah. to put a stay on what you're doing, a cease and desist order, a suit against the department. I, I, it's, it's gotta be frustrating as all get out in that state. Yeah. And the people that really know about bears in that state, the hunters, because hunters oftentimes know more about wildlife than anyone. Um, I would say more times than not that they're like, we are so loaded with bears where we hunt, you know, and the deer hunters you talk to and like, you talk to hunters in Washington where they don't have a spring season anymore in California. And they're like, Oh, I see three, four bears a day deer hunting. And it's just like, Holy crap. There's deep, there's bears South of LA. There's bears all the way up there. There's no bear population problem there. And so maybe a management plan would be the first step of saying some realization. And maybe if it's on paper, some of these people will change their minds. I, I've, I've heard this saying over and over again, that it's like, you're not going to change someone's mind. That's so against you. You're just going to have to try and change the mind of the people that are middle of the road. Those those chickens are all going to come home to roost one of these days and it's going to slap people right in the face. And again, they're going to sit back and cry and say that the government didn't do their job when you, you know, you've had, had different things proposed to, to, control the bear population, but they're going to run into population density problems, which they've already got. They're going to run into genetic yep. diverse diversity problems there where, you know, infanticide you, and, and all that yes. stuff, density dependence. It's disease. It's, uh, it, it's just, it's such an emotional decision by people. And like, 
you know, to me, I'm, I get emotional. I get flat out sad when I see a bear in a town and there's like, I've seen it on TV and they're in LA and they're like a helicopter flying and there's a bear in some guy's yard trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Yeah. And that breaks my heart because yeah. that doesn't, that bear shouldn't be there, you know, and, right. and it's freaked out and then they're going to just put it down. I'm like, well, there goes one more that, you know, a hunter could have took, or if we did our job as humans, you know, we wouldn't right. have this problem, but right. you know, people don't want right. to take responsibility for being here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. And then, uh, so those are the two new ones. We're, we're working on the Washington deal and one <laughs> in the Northeast. Northeast needs all the help it can get, Joe. We need to, uh, time. we time. need to, yeah, we need to jump in there and, and help carry that across the goal line, that ball across the goal line. New Hampshire barely got to have a bear season this year. That was a great win for, for bear hunters in New Hampshire, but man, they, they, sh they could use, they could use the help. Up in the Northeast. Yeah, I got sure. a guy that lives in New York right now that is really interested in getting something going. And that's what we need, right? We don't, we don't need the people that are like, yeah, we'll support you and do whatever. We need the people that are like, like you said, they got fire in their belly. They're like, let's get this going. And because yeah. it's some work, you know, it's some work and you're not going to get paid. But I mean, it's a pretty fair trade off when you think about what we're trying to do and what we're trying to protect and, and, you know, further for generations to come. No doubt. No doubt. Let's talk about those conservation stamps real quick. Cause I think, you know, if you're not from Wyoming, then I know that at our table, the question was bouncing around, you know, what those actually are. And I think that's huge because you gave away four to kids, uh, that, that, and that meant something. So describe yeah. what that is and why that was so such a big deal. Yeah. So Wyoming's really neat. Like you can get lifetime licenses in Wyoming on, on certain things. And so they have a, they have different ones and, and kind of the base one is a, as a lifetime conservation stamp. Then they have like lifetime fishing, lifetime conservation and fishing. They have lifetime small game, which is, you know, for us, upland birds, rabbit, um, they have lifetime archery stamps. So all these things that the state has are, are kind of a neat thing for kids because once you have that, even if you move out of the state, you don't have to pay non-resident conservation stamps. So my daughter, for instance, she's got a lifetime conservation. She won it at a different banquet um, that we mm -hmm. were at for wild sheep. And uh, now she has a metal, she has like a plastic card that no matter where she travels in this country, she can come back here and have a resident conservation stamp if she moves away. And what you does know, that so, what does that mean? I mean, like in Indiana, we have a comprehensive hunting license that covers uh, you know, everything. It covers it covers your uh small game license, it covers your bird stamps, it covers your Yeah. So is this like a is this like a, a lifetime hunting license? And do you it's, need that <laughs> that license to buy the big game tags or how does that work? Yeah. Essentially, a conservation stamp in Wyoming is your ticket to entry. Uh, once you get that, then you can buy a hunting license. So you can't have a deer, an elk, a bear, cat license without a conservation stamp. Gotcha. You can't hunt without one. So what it does is it gives you that. It's kind of like in some states they have a hunting license, mm -hmm. and then you get you get an elk tag or whatever. Wyoming's got a conservation stamp. Um, Montana does a similar thing. And so that the, we gave those away to kids. We bring every every kid up that is under seventeen, and uh, 
we just draw out of the hats and give them to them. And uh, it's just, it's a neat thing to try. You know, we're, we're losing that next generation. I think we got a bunch in the twenties and thirties that are kind of bringing up the, the fold of, of conservationists, yeah. but man, the, the younger, younger generation, like those kids just turning hunting age and they're, we're losing that. It, it's not good. Um, we, we, so maybe this gives them a, another thing to say, Hey, I have this, you know, and maybe take some pride in it, you know, and, and then break that barrier to entry a little bit, you know? And sure. so it's just a neat thing to involve the kids too, because, you know, people want it. We want it to be a family oriented banquet too, where you want to bring your kids. And that's another reason like people go to these because we're giving these away and they're like, well, I'm going to bring my, all five of my kids. We, we gave a Tika six, five away no charge. We didn't charge the kids anything. They just put their name in a bucket, gave a Tika six, five away for the kids. Yeah. Luke Worthington's son, Parker, he had quite the he haul. Won that that. He, he won that. And he, won, he won the conservation stamp. Yeah, he did good. It was worth oh, that time yeah. to come over. No doubt. Sure. <laughs> no doubt. That, that kid has walked. what Luke say? He's walked to a hundred lion cats. trees, hundred lion trees. Yep. Yeah. That's amazing. And I think he's, that walked. is, you think he's 10 or 11, maybe 12? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, 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 maybe. I'm like, dude, I wish you lived here. I could go on some chases with you. That's <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, so it's so important to involve the kids. Um, and it's not for selfish reasons. We're not trying to make money off them. You know, we're just giving those away. And it also shows the crowd, like, and the people that are there, like, that we want to invest in our future uh, as, as get these kids involved. And I had several people come up to me, like I said, they're like, next year, let me know. We'll just get every kid. We'll figure out a way to do it. And so that's important. What's the cost? What's the cost on that lifetime stamp? I think that lifetime conservation's like two twenty-five or two fifty. And then it just goes up from there. I think the highest level one's like six hundred. And that involves like fishing, conservation, and uh, maybe small game, you know. And so as you get going, you can get more stuff but they just cost more, but you know, you have it for life. Put Houndsman XP down for a sponsor for one That's of those awesome. conservation stamps for next year. That's awesome, man. We yep. will definitely do that. That's so yep. great. I just, I get a lot of passion for, for, for helping kids and other people out. And, you know, it was neat to see the kind of the excitement with some of them kids when they get those things. Oh yeah. They get all, they don't know what to say. They're excited, no. <laughs> but they're trying to be cool. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. so, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Except for that little one-year-old that won it, man. He didn't care. He was just like, he didn't know maybe nah. in like 10 years. He'll be like, Oh, I don't even know how I got this, but yeah. cool. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I just sent those out yesterday. So all those kiddos will be getting those here uh, in another day or two. That's pretty cool. What we miss? What we miss, Joe? Uh, boy, I don't know. We covered a lot. Um, you know, just I think one thing that I definitely want to just kind of touch on is the different groups that were there. Um, okay. You know, a bunch of different NGOs and nonprofits were there that kind of was like trying to support each other. So That's you know, bow, bow hunters of Wyoming, um, Wyoming wild sheep was there safari club international was there we had a representative from safari club there um wyoming guides and outfitters associated we had a whole table of guides and outfitters there houndsman xp you guys had a whole table there yep. um 
we had, you know, Wyoming wildlife, we had a state, the Wyoming state trappers had a table, you know? And so I just look at that and I'm like, good night. That is so neat because, you know, bow hunters aren't always focused on bear stuff. The the trappers have so much that they're always fighting for. And they're like, you know what, we're coming to support you guys. And that's one thing that I'm always trying to like, make sure that we do as a foundation is support other groups, no matter what, like, it might come, something might come up with Wyoming wild sheep. And I'm like, man, it really isn't in our wheelhouse, but if you need us to sign on for a letter to a commissioner or a legislator and it's, it makes sense. We're in man. We'll, we'll help you out because one day we're going to need your help. And there's been a lot of that going on in Wyoming. And and it's so neat to see kind of everyone from different places come together and just kind of like support each other. I, I don't want to discount that. I think, we need a ton of that going forward. Well, it, from where I sit is in the hound hunting community. I, I hear so many times that, that, oh, you can't work with this group or the, you know, the deer hunters, you can't work with that group and they don't, they hate houndsmen, but I'll tell you what I saw when I came to Cody for this banquet. So I saw everybody putting their differences aside, supporting one another. It was like a, it was like a utopia in there. So I know it that was. it's, po- I know that it's possible. It absolutely is po- uh, uh, possible to do this. We may not agree on every single thing, but we agree on conservation. We agree on, yep. you know, science, science-based wildlife management. We agree on people and their freedoms to go out and and hunt the way that they choose to hunt, uh, you know, th- within within the 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 boundaries of the North American model and and all that stuff mm-hmm. and and ethics. But support them. It it we can do this. We can do it. And I saw it being done in Cody, um, yep. at the banquet. It was awesome. You know, there's a couple things going on in this state that are you know, it's legislative session. And so this is when you usually see the knives come out and one group's trying to do this and the other group doesn't want that. And I'm like, kind of starting to see that. And I just was like, you know what, there's some things that we're trying to do that maybe the Wyoming guides and outfitters don't agree with. I I'm like, I totally get that. You guys, I love you guys. Like I'm going to support you no matter what, if you don't like this, I get it. And I think the same goes back. They're like, yeah, we're just going to disagree on this one thing. It's not life or death. And like, I even said at the banquet, I'm like, we all need to learn that we can have disagreements and not hate each other. Like we can disagree on things. It doesn't mean we have to hate each other. You know, like it's just the way it needs to be going forward. You know? Yeah. I disagree with you on this one. Okay, cool. Let's just disagree. And if you want to fight against it, that's fine. But like, we're going to come together for something else down the road and we need to know that. And, and that's important going forward. Yeah. I got a funny story that kind of draws that parallel. When I was in the Marine Corps, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of rivalry among, you know, companies in a battalion and stuff like that. And a bunch of us were out and we got in this big it was crazy. Uh we got in this big it was basically a brawl with one of the other companies. <laughs> and uh uh by the time we got back to the barracks, it was all smoothed out, but but it, there was always that rivalry between us and first, we were first platoon, they were third platoon. And, and there was always a rivalry, whether it was going through a training scenario or whatever. And, uh, but when it came to game time, there wasn't a rivalry, you know, if they needed help, 
we were on the way. If we were in a jam, we knew that they were on the way. And that's the same kind of mentality you gotta you gotta have in this game. You know, we don't yep. have to agree on everything. Uh, but when the chips are down, we got to be there for one another. There aren't enough of us not to be. You know, we we talked about it the last time we were on. You know, d- divided we are we are just some small groups and, yep. and user groups. But you know, when you couple the just in the bear hunting space, the houndsmen, the spot and stock guys, and the bait guys, that's a freaking army. And yep. and we we can be that way. We can disagree. That's okay. We're just like you guys just said. We're going to disagree and argue amongst ourselves, but we got to be brothers and sisters in arms here because the the fights aren't going to stop. I have some bad feelings about some stuff coming up. Uh, I know, I know humane society is up to something uh, nationally. Um, They're probing a lot of States on their bear stuff. So we are in for it and and we got to be ready. So yeah. Yeah. And we're all, we're all going after the same thing. I mean, when you go into legislation, you've got your agenda and the sheep, sheep hunters have their bills. The only so many bills are going to get passed and they're going to try to lump things together and they're going, you know, and that's, that's no different than what I was talking about in my analogy in the Marine Corps. You know, there's like a Liberty pass for the company for the weekend with the best time. So you're all competing for that. But, but when the chips are down, we got to be there for each other. So for sure. Well, Joe, what else you got? We going to wrap this one up or you got something yeah, else? Yeah, I think I think next year this is for people to keep it on their radar. I, I haven't talked to Jaden about it, but I'm going to bring this thing to the next level. I'm thinking of like a a couple day deal almost just so when people come out to this, they have like, you know, uh maybe the banquet Saturday, but on a on a Friday night we do kind of a meet and greet or whatever oh, and then yeah. in the morning on Saturday we have kind of like some instead of doing it prior to the banquet we have some breakout sessions where we have you know kind of like some small groups of people where we have a maybe a a talk about frick, i don't know alex talking about using Leicas or you talking about using the kind of dog you know so we have yeah. little breakout sessions and maybe uh before the banquet we have something so i, I got some ideas to try and make it a little bit more of a weekend event that if you're going to come out here, you're definitely going to get your money's worth and all those would be kind of free entry and just get people to, because the one thing that I was so bummed about is I didn't get enough FaceTime with so many people, you're, you included. And I was like, man, if we, we all got together, like planned on Friday and just got together and sat down and had some drinks or whatever, and, and just kind of like visited, it'd be so nice to have that, you know, where you're yeah. not trying to race at the banquet to do it. So. Sure. Well, you're a busy guy at that banquet. I mean, you didn't have time. You you literally no. did not have time for that, Joe. Uh, you yeah, were on the tough. you were on the move the whole time, and um, I I I don't think I saw you sit down except when you sat down to give your and I thought it was funny. You put a chair out on the on the stage and <laughs> and gave that talk, and I thought he probably needs to sit down for a little bit. I did. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I wanted to sit down, but I was also like, I don't want it to be like I'm talking at people. I just want to be like a conversation. And so right. the sit down was, was nice really touch. nice. I, I, I tried to sit down a few times, barely saw my kid. And, and you know, I was just like, it, but it was good. I love it. You know, you're mixing it up and having a good time and it goes by so fast. And um, when it's all said and done, it's kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of sad that I, you know, it's going to be a year until the next banquet. So I agree. Well, we are going to keep it hot, and uh, when we start when we start 
keeping this topic hot. And when we start getting close to uh, that time, the first of next year, we're going to start start beating the drums again for people Love to come. It. I mean, it's just Cody's just a cool place. I mean, you got you got custom gun manufacturers out there that you can go and tour factories. You can go to the the firearms museum and the Buffalo Bill is beyond imaginable. You got the the east entrance to the park. You got the mountain ranges. I mean, there's just, and if it's cold enough, take a couple extra days and go ice fishing or take a snowmobile yeah. trip or do something like that. You really Bring can. Bring your dogs. You can run some lions. Yeah. Uh, we got, you know, sky's the limit. There's a, there's a really cool Cody shooting experience here where you can go in and shoot a Gatling gun and black powder. And, you know, that's a fun thing too for people to do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Cody's a cool town, for sure, for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, I appreciate you taking time, Joe. I appreciate all your all the work you're doing out there for bear hunters. I think we're just seeing the beginning of yes. what the American Bear Foundation can accomplish in the United States. I'm gonna I'm gonna be talking about it um, when I go to Michigan next month. Awesome. And uh, I've got to go up there and and speak to the uh, Michigan Bear Hunters Association. I'm going to tell them about what's going on with the American Bear Foundation. And, uh, yeah, keep getting the message out. Great. Give those guys our best. That's a strong group up there. They're doing good things. Yeah. Yep. All right, man. Well, hey. Well, thanks, Chris. You bet, Joe. It's great to meet you this weekend and uh, get get a little bit of time with you. So. Heck yeah, buddy. All right. Well, hey. Until next time, you follow your hands and I'll follow mine.